The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on, every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comrade march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB- KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Miren, miren! It's a pájaro. It's an avion. No! It's a chipmunk! Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Show Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.mutinyradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm.
Hey folks, happy Friday. Global Val here. This is the Common Thread Collective you're listening to on Mutiny radio.fm broadcasting live from the mission district of san francisco at 21st in florida this is a community open mic so we hope you come down and join us if you want to hang out and play some music read some poetry share your activism or just hang out um, we are happy uh, to have everybody come on down every friday from three to six we just had some music from hazy loper um, a, a group that has been doing a lot of projects around the Barbary Coast and the history of San Francisco. So that was a that was an instrumental tune called Clarion Alley, um, which we all know and love over here um, between Valencia and Mission, all those badass murals. Uh, part of what gives this neighborhood so much character. Oh, and hey, Damon Dave is here. Get near that I'm, microphone. I'm right here. I'm right. Uh, here we be, as you see... Uh, and in fact, the Clarion Alley Block Party, one of the great people's block party of the year, once one more time around the sun, there we are. And I walked there, and guess what? What? I remember the name of the show. I, when I walked in on the Valencia Seat Stride, I looked to my left, and right there, as a mural, where this, uh, this show was uh, definitely, uh, was definitely uh, posted because, uh, because right there it said, cast that wide net. Find that common thread. Let life flourish. Don't panic. Uh, keep it organic. And this be the common thread collective. We cast that wide net. And we find that common thread. And here we are. And here be Ubi. That's right. Saying no. everything is going to be all right if we get together and do more together than we can do on our own. Take it away, Ubi. Let's see. Come on, Ubi. Sing for us, huh? And, you know, it's great that Ubi lets us know that everything's going to be all right, especially when... You know, we don't always have the music right there ready for you, or the internet doesn't want to play. But uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to get them started in just a sec. Sand of combustion engines force in the future down. As the moon runs the end, I think of my friend, the no-headed pigeon. He's wearing brand new shoes, bringing us the good news of impending doom. Yeah. Take us away, bro. Yeah, hey, Bloodflower, would you mind uh, do, dan- dancing, dancing some magic across we those keys? Him.
Judgments are very, very soulful. Here we be. And now here in the studio, looking across from me, just like last week, but today is the day. I've got to do two mics uh, added by Maria, because today is their kick is, is their big event called the Wiener Roast. And we're talking about one of the most conservative, reactionary, most in the hands of the powers that be, I mean, the developers. I thought Scott, Scott Wiener's Wiener Roast. It's going to be in front of his condo, condo near Castro. So, Mike, the two mics are here. Hey, guys, and Maria, tell us a bit of what's happening and how you uh, and how it looks to, for today. Hey, how you doing? Thanks Good for enough. having us. We appreciate it. Okay, tonight uh, at 4096 17th Street, which is uh, near Castro Market, uh, we're having a Wiener Roast. That's uh, Scott Wiener's address for his condo. We're going to have a bunch of people come up. Uh, it's uh, Les Miserables theme, uh, basically a peasant uprising. We're going to do a barbecue. We're going to uh, have Sorry. jokes. Sorry to interrupt you, but our, our mic here is having a little problems. There's a little in and out. Let's see. Sorry, guys. But, um, so anyway, so we're talking about, yeah, uh, use that mic. Uh, tell us. Uh, to be continued from one mic to another as we're working so, on the mic. You know, oh. the, the, the whole thing of it is uh, tonight, this is an event that we've been, been building up to. It's 409617th Street. That's uh, just slightly north of Market and Castro. It's very accessible by the Muni where you can walk over there sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> and basic reaction there is just that if you've ever been to a board of supervisor meetings, this guy is totally bored. He reads his newspaper during public comment. He doesn't really care what the 99% have to say, unless you're part of the 1%, that those are the only people he's going to listen to. Uh, he's tore up our parks, he's anti-tenant, he's anti-homeless. The next people he's coming after most definitely, once he figures out that uh, they're not really going to help him get into, into the state senate is the unions. Um, you know, this guy is just, uh, it, it's just incredible some of the things he does. And he actually brags about it. He, he, he bragged about a recent housing award that he got. We, of course, were making fun of him again, sort of thing. So <clears throat> we're certainly hoping that you all come out there. We're going to be, you know, having a cookout. And basically, it's just a celebration of community. And we're going to take the opportunity as a bonus to make fun of one of the most reactionary people in San Francisco. It's time for him to pack his bags, you know, and, and, his, uh, oh, and his master, uh, Ed Lee, he can go, too. You know, they can both back, pack their bags and, and, and just leave town, leave us alone. So we can get San Francisco back to where it needs to be so we can take back our streets because we need to start to collectively say that San Francisco is not for sale. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a dream for sure, and here we are. He's certainly, he's certainly in his mind, and I believe he, he feels totally satisfied that he represents the, the new San Francisco that exists after uh, with all the evictions. The new San Francisco exists with all the condos. The new San with the attack on the mission, that what they see in emerging San Francisco where Conroy, Conroy and the venture capitalists and so on have been coming around like sharks, shark sharks and picking us piece yeah. by piece. And if somebody represents, in my mind, it's his brother Wiener, Scott Wiener. I wouldn't say brother, I said Scott Wiener. And you guys are going to be yeah. there roasting wieners. When you say Wiener Roast, you could come uh, come with an appetite because you're going to have you're going to have hot dogs. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. You're going to have people. Is that right? Yeah, yes. we, you're gonna have music, is that right? Oh yeah. Yes. Hopefully you're gonna have some drummers, is that right? Yeah, well, well but let's yet. put it out there. You got a drum? Yeah, Come drummers. on through. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I mean, drummers want to show up for sure. You know, so. Bring yeah. some empty buckets. Come on down. Get down. 
Let's bring that drum circle right yeah. there to right there to Castro and Market and get down. This guy with Scott Wiener when he comes back. I'm sure he comes home late every night after various social uh, social social events and comes on. He can say, "What the fuck?" So I don't know if that's how he thinks to himself. What the hell? What those? What, Jesus, Judas Priest. What's happening around here? And you just got to be roasting greeners and have a good time. Is that right, Maria? Yes. Also, we're also um, going to like like address issues about how he's also uprooting um, what native trees like manzanitas. He's taking manzanitas and uprooting them and exposing home like um, housing encampments in Golden Gate and um and Buena, Buena Vista Park, Buena Vista Park. And also, I'm hearing right now is that they're having helicopters go around these parks and try to get the homeless, try to put the homeless out of those, those parks. My goodness. Yeah. Helicopters. Well, we definitely regard ourselves as a voice, uh, not the voice, but a voice of all of this. And so I'm so glad to hear. And I want to get regular reports from folks as we flow on. Election the next Friday is going to be the last day before the election, so we want to devote a good share of the show to let people know what's happening and how we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. Hey, Mike, so glad you're here. So give us a report of what's happening. And once again, let's let people know uh, to come on down to the party. If everybody brings what they have to bring, uh, nobody will go without. I believe that's right. And to come down there and uh, Castro... Just off market, uh, market just off Castro. What's that address again? 4096, 4096 17th Street. Street. Yeah. His face is right. The face is right in front of um, Diamond Street as well. Okay, but it's on, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's close to Castro and Market as well. Well, that sounds like a you can, uh, can uh, use the, the spontaneity of their inspiration yeah, or their inspiration yeah. or their spontaneity to do some sidewalk art and some uh, make some signs around the theme uh, winter roast. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's yeah. a, I, if I recall correctly, you're doing it as a Les Miserables yeah. theme of Did the. Did the, the people Yeah. <laughs> yes. I hope there will be singing. There will, uh, there will be. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Happy birthday. Lake Miserab, I guess, is the tale of two cities yeah. on which it's based. And we're right here at that point here in San Francisco, been for some time, a tale of two cities. And uh, uh, to have two cities separate but not equal. And I always suggest to people, oh, I'm here, I'm going to visit, how can I see what's happening here? Uh, people come from other places. I say, well, let's take a walk down Valencia Street from let's say 25th to 16th, uh, then take a walk down to over 16th over in Mission, and then walk up Mission Street, and you'll see that tale of two cities. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. It was the best of times and the worst of times. Well, you had mentioned you, you had mentioned off air something about the Ellis Act and about how it is being abused, and I think the Ellis Act, as I what I what limited knowledge I have of it, I I believe that it, it it's. It, it, it's going to make more people homeless. And this is the type of legislation that Scott Weiner would love to not only propagate, okay, he would like to sharpen it and duplicate it and, and make it even crazier. Yeah, because he's not interested, you know, in, in, the, in the 99%. I was on a bus today and I looked up and I saw a sign that the minimum wage here was a little over $12 an hour, and I calculated it in my head 
And I said, there's no way even working like a Burger King job, 40, 50 hours a week, that you can afford to pay rent in San Francisco. With the Ellis Act and other anti-tenant laws that are on the books right now, you know, there's no way. You wonder why we have a homeless problem here? Look at the policies of this, of this government propagated by people like Scott Weiner. He is the champion. He is the palace guard. And the, and the emperor, you know, the, the wizard, of course, that's standing behind the curtain is Med, Ed Lee. So what we got to do and is we got to come up for the Wiener Rose. Yeah, I get and we it. Gotta, you know, you know uh, there's a thing up on, uh, on uh, Facebook right now, vote one, two, three, anybody but Ed Lee and dump him, you know, absolutely. These are our two guys that we've got to get rid of. If we want to bring San Francisco back, if we want to take it back for the 99%, you know, to improve the quality of life with the majority of us, then these are things that we have to do. Come out tonight, celebrate community, Let's talk about these things and talk about how we go forward from here. Okay. Sort of thing. Hey, Val. Yeah, Dave. Uh, do, do you like to jump in? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, jumping on the uh, the one, two, three, right? We've got uh, Amy Weiss. We've got Francisco Herrera and, uh, you know, broke-ass Stewart. And, you know, Stewart's kind of running on principle. And he even said himself at the debate at the, at the Women's Forum, uh, League of Women's Voters Forum, he said, you know what? It's sad that a guy named Brokass is actually doing well in this election, but he's really, you know, kind of highlighting some of these problems that we're talking about. This, this, uh, this gross inequality, um, p- people getting pushed out, and and Amy and Francisco are way on top of it, like just, you know, on the ground. Um, we've had them as guests many times here. I'd, we hosted the forum of the three candidates, the one, two, three, to replace Ed Lee, and I really think that this is our chance to get a people-powered candidate into City Hall. And uh, yeah, take take back the city from these uh, people who have a, a you know the status quo concept of what it means to be a politician. Um, we need to get representatives back. And whatever happened, you guys and you guys, uh, you uh, uh, you folks are building a movement here. This is the first event tonight, right, and then exactly. uh, then there's going to be in front of Macy's. There's going to be another event about the sit live where we're going to be encouraged to come and sit and lie in front of May, Macy's, and that's going to be coming up in May, is that right? No, it's coming up on Black Friday after Thanksgiving at 2 o'clock uh, Union Square. We're going to okay. we're gonna be at the, at the door of Macy's. Okay, that's a good time, so I hope you guys come back and uh, remind us of that. And then you're going to be having, at the time, you're going to, we're going to be having a, uh, a uh, homeless uh, and supporters rendezvous. Hopefully uh, Food Not Bombs will serve. Uh, uh, because uh, Ed Lee has said he wants the homeless out of here because the Super Bowl is coming in. Am I yeah, right about all we're that? Gonna, we're, we're gearing up to try to occupy or do something to, um, to mess with the mayor's Super Bowl party, but whether we can pull that off or not, you know, it's going to take a lot of people well, coming together. To be continued. You yeah. guys are working together. Other yeah. people are joining. And we've also Don't got, panic. We've also be got, organic. Yeah, we've also got the Million Mask March on uh, March 5th, or excuse me, November 5th. Starts at Federal Reserve, 101 Market Street at 9 a.m. for assembly, 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. for the march. And then come back at 4 p.m. We're going to have a dance party out there. We're going to try to shut it down. Oh, wow. It sounds like a lot happening. What day is that? That's November 5th. November 5th. All yeah, right. Guy Fox Day. Guy okay, Fox. This is, uh, this, uh, this is an illusion to occupy. And the masks that people wore after the movie came out, the movie... V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta, which is a really good comic. Any uh, graphic comic, V for Vendetta. And here we be... And this beer is saying, uh, V for Vendetta, V for Peace, and V for Victory, and here we be as you see. So thanks for coming through, you guys. 
And now we got Wendy Oregon. Thank gonna you. Be coming Thank in. you. Thanks, Scott. Homeless, not helpless. That's right. right. That's it. And now we're going to bring Thank Wendy you. in. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to play some music because everything's going to be all, all right. right. As we keep on, as we keep on doing more together than we can do on our own. That's right. Everything's going to be just fine. Everything's going to be all right. Thanks, Ubi Dooby Whitaker, for reminding us of that. Um, happy Friday, everybody. Again, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. We're streaming live around the planet on the Internet, which is pretty fucking cool. And, uh, of course, we're recording, so the podcast will be up on our website as well just after the show. So very exciting, as always, to be here. Uh, it's a nice day. And our, and our next guest, uh, during the break, I was able to maneuver 
our microphones a little bit. So I want to apologize to, to Mike and Mike and Maria for initially not having uh, a great sound capacity. Um, but back in action here in the studios of Mutiny Radio. And, uh, you know, if you want to help us, you could always, like, drop a couple bucks in our donation bin so we can make sure our equipment still works. Um, but that aside, um, we're here for the community, and we're happy today. We're gonna, we've got our next guest, Wendy Aragon, who's running for... City College Board of Trustees. And what I always like to say, have you heard me say it again and again, is one of the, the, one of the resounding attributes of the show is that city... City College, in the city, well, we're right here, on the planet and in the street. And uh, I've been at City College, I'm what you call a lifelong learner. In fact, I was there already a lifelong learner. When, uh, when this uh, dying of the Board of Trustees, they, I, I began to realize long before the accreditation thing came over that something is strange happening here. And uh, I wasn't sure you don't know what it is, do you, Mr. Jones, Bob Dylan? But something was happening, and I began to get up there and uh, public comment the Board of Trustees and say, there is something going on here. And then I began to realize there was a coup d'etat going on, that certain people, I wasn't sure who it was, that there was a move being made on City College. I wasn't sure, and I began to use the word uh, coup d'etat. And then I began to add to it well, that this feels like a rearranging, after the, uh, the Commission of Accreditation came in, and said we were going to discredit you. That uh, then I, I used to say there's a coup d'état happening, and this feels like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. And when they did, they said they were taking. One of the things they did as part of this decreditation is that they took away the board. They elected by the city, city and uh, city and county of San Francisco. The voters therein, of which were one, were some. Uh, that the board of trustees elected by us were taken away, abolished, and they brought in this special trustee with extraordinary powers, usually some white guy, I'm not characterized by it anyway, from some, well, it wasn't necessarily. First, they brought the folks from Com who, had, who had seen to Compton to come in here and run the thing, and one of the, th the first things they did was get rid of the Board of Trustees, and, uh, and then they got rid of, took it off the Board of, uh, off the, the mission statement, lifelong learning, um, uh, community involvement, civic involvement, and uh, and multicultural studies were all taken off the mission statement, and that was some of their last, because they were desperately trying to do whatever the accreditation wanted them to do in hopes that they could survive. I'm talking about the Board of Trustees then, but they didn't survive. They didn't survive, but they're coming back, but not with any, with not any real powers, and you're running. So tell us a bit about your story and what, what you'd like to see happening. Wendy Aragon, you're on. So my name is Wendy Aragon, and I'm running for City College Board of Trustees. Uh, this is really important to me because I grew up working class, low income. Uh, my parents didn't go to college. My father's a high school dropout who went to 10 different, 12 different schools in 10 years. So for them, they made a lot of sacrifices for us to be able to go to college, including moving us from a very, you know, part of town that was really struggling and was, you know, a lot of poverty, a lot of gang involvement, a lot of drugs, to another part of town across San Jose called Willow Glen, which was a little bit more of an affluent community. Um, but it is hard to be low income in an affluent community. Your friends don't know how really low income you are. They don't know that your parents struggle. And you, you have to really kind of, when you're a little kid, figuring that out, why you're different, isn't always easy. But um, they did what they could. You know, they, they worked 
two jobs. They worked overtime, night shift, whatever they could. But when I was about the sixth grade, I started struggling academically. And when you're 12 years old and you have counselors and admins telling you that you're lazy or you're not wanting to learn or that you're never going to be smart or you just, you're smart, but you don't care. Oh, yeah. No, it it hurts it, and it has an effect on you. So for those six years, I was cutting school. I was in trouble all the time. You know, I hated being there and I was failing. And by the time I got to my senior year, I'd failed enough classes where I wasn't allowed to graduate with my friends. Um, and I wanted to drop out, but my dad reminded me at the time when he was laid off from GM in the early 80s and how hard it was for him to get a high school uh, job without a high school diploma to put food on the table for us. And he really gave me no choice but to go to community college and go to summer school, get my high school diploma, and then go to community college. So I'm lucky. I went to, I had parents who cared, um, sent me to a community college where I went in through EOPS, which is Extended Opportunity Programs and Services. It's a program for educationally disadvantaged students. And they thought maybe I should be tested for some learning disabilities, which I was diagnosed with three. And they, it was the first time I think I'd ever had educators tell me that, yes, you can do this, and we're going to give you the tools to do this. And that made such a difference. And that first year, I went from being this DNF student to an A and B student, joined student government, um, worked with our board of trustees and our college president. And I even had the... I want to say the privilege of going to Sacramento with John Vasconcellos, who passed away last year, who's my assemblyman. He really was an advocate for social justice, for working class people, and especially for, for young people in community colleges. So that propelled me when City College was in trouble to say, what can I do to help? And so I joined the Safe City College Coalition, and I've been out there at rallies, board of governor meetings, um, strategizing ever since. And I love this college, and I don't want this college to close down for people like me or seniors or people who are coming out of the jail system, people trying to get a new start. It is a lifeline for so many people. Okay, now at the moment, the meetings, uh, the meetings of the, uh, uh, after a prolonged silence of the board, the meetings are resumed. On Thursday, every other Thursday, I think. But you still have no real power. You guys meet, you go, they speak. People can do their uh, can do their public comment. But in fact, power is still in the hands of somebody from somewhere else. In this case, Senator Santa Rosa called the. Uh, I think he no longer has special powers, but calls called the special trustee. Is that right? Yeah. So the special trustee. So I'm not on the board yet, but the special trustee is Guy Lee. He's from uh, Lake Tahoe Community College. Oh, he lives Tahoe, in South Lake Tahoe. Um, he lives here three days a week. He has uh, travel expenses. He has a car. He, they gave him a budget for living here in San Francisco, which is gross because San Francisco is one of the most inaffordable places to live, and he's living here in this pied-a-terre for like three days a week and going back and forth between here and South Lake Tahoe. Um, but he actually has the power to veto anything that the board does. So you see our board. You have Bridget Davila and John Rizzo really being that – that tug of war on the board wanting to do the right thing, but you also have a board where the majority tries to just play nice, you know, and it is, it's important for the board to work together and get along, but I also feel like it's whatever they have to do to make sure that they stay in power, and sometimes that means following along. Well, as I said, I know before they were abolished, I'd go to all the meetings, I don't, and always speak during public comment is what I like to do as a lifelong learner, I'm still here, still doing it. 
and I noticed that, uh, and then when they, when the accreditation board now itself is in serious trouble. I mean, they're finding all kinds of deficiencies, all kinds of stuff. This woman, uh, Barbara Bino, and her folks have done so. They're under the under the guise too. So all of this is happening, and you're going to be uh, you're going to be running uh, in November, and we want uh, running, and you'd like to get people's votes because you're uh, running. Now is uh, now Chanel Williams. I was on the. Uh, I was also on the student government for many years. I was v I was VP of Cultural Affairs for two years with a stipend. That's uh, that's how long you can run. And so I was. Now isn't Chanel? I thought she was running too. You know, I would have hoped Chanel would run, um, but I know that she is trying to get through school. But she did declare that she's going to run next year, and I think anybody's meant to be on this board Chanel is meant to be on this board. She's been the face for, that's been fighting for City College for a long time. She was a student trustee and uh, also a student trustee. In fact, I see there's going to be a garden party uh, yeah. Saturday. Tell them a bit oh, about Sunday. you. On so Sunday, of Denise course. So Denise Sian, um, who is a lifetime activist here in San Francisco, member of the Green Party, member of Harvey Milk Club, has this amazing garden over on Guerrero Street that she rarely opens up for anybody. And she's going to be throwing me a party that's going to be hosted by Denise, um, as well as John Rizzo, Bridget Davila, Eric Marr, and leaders around the city like Panani Clay, Sue Englander, um, Will, former student trustee Will Walker. We've got a nice lineup of hosts in general, Eileen Hansen. The garden is something that is rarely seen by people, and it is, it's a wonderful experience. It's a gathering place for people to come and, and meet and chat and talk about how we can do more together than we can do on our own. Absolutely. And with the election to come together, you can do the John Lennon come together right now over <laughs> me. Yeah. And so, Wendy, I'm so glad you're doing this, and uh, count I me too. in. I am, too. Count me in. That's what we're about. It's yeah. about doing more together than we can do on our own. Yeah, and I think this board, for so long, it was almost unnoticed until this happened. I think it really opened people's eyes. Um, but I also think one of the problems is this board has been used as a springboard for higher office for too long. And, you know, that's not what I want to do. I want to be on this board as long as voters will have me. I really admire people like Milton, the late Milton Marks, who cared about this college and really was here to serve. So. He was, and uh, of course his son was a longtime member of the board. I go, as I say, I'm a lifelong learner. My uh, my history and hipstery and around here is more longer than most, because uh, most of those my age, 77, have retired and gone on to other things. But I made sure that each and every Thursday I'd be there, each and every other Thursday I'd be there. Uh, for public comment and for keeping my ear to the ground. So anyway, Wendy, so when you're elected, I'd like to invi invite you to come here and get and use this forum, this jumping off place, to let people know what you're about. And to, uh, I think they voted that, uh, I think they voted at least it came up that uh, that the board meeting should be streamed live again. Yes. So people there's no going on in case you, because now without streaming live, unless you are there, and had an iron butt. It was really hard to, and was keeping up on it. It was really up. They go but late meetings. Those meetings go late. And and yeah. just and it turned out just that when they abolished the, uh, the the when they abolished temporarily the board of trustees, they also abolished the steaming like a powerless, toothless board of trustees. They didn't bring back the steaming alive. So I hope that once you're elected, come back so yeah. you can sit in home and let's see what's going on and uh, from wherever you happen to be. Yeah, I love to come back. I know one of the things that's important to me is in this whole talk about accreditation, we talk about enrollment, we talk about fiscal responsibility, getting back accreditation. Student voices have been really muffled in this whole process, and I really want to make sure that they have a voice and they're being heard. So. Well, we want to, we're, we're, we're to be a voice of all of us, as I said, at City. 
in the city, on the planet, in the street. Hey, Val. Yeah, so for the um, the garden party that's being hosted for you, um, can anybody go or is it anybody an invitation? Anybody can go. So we are asking a minimum suggested donation of $35, $20 low-income senior student, um, but no one, we I would never turn away anyone away for lack of funds. I think that it is important that when you're running for a board like this that you're you right. are open and accessible to everybody who needs you because that's what city college is about so you know um the address is 351 guerrero street and it's 11 o'clock on sunday morning three, 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 five, one guerrero yes at 11 a.m on sunday that's the 25th yeah. yes all right oh and one another one that i understand uh, sometimes stay the themes of this is by doing more together than any of us can do on our own yes and this be another we, we hope to be the voice of all of that in fact we're going to uh, wendy thanks for coming in thank you so You're much so Dave. Spe- i can feel your specialness for sure you have my vote and we're going to have a couple of folks who are evicted we're going to have uh, next we're going to have some folks they're going to come next week some sisters i say goddesses galore sisters glorious who put together the eviction mapping project and they couldn't come they were they were called to new york but they've uh, they've sent a couple of people in who were evicted they're going to talk about their eviction and uh, that's also being uh, documented for a uh, documentation about evictions and the, and the Ellis Act and how the Ellis Act is being used to empty places up. Well, we have the elections coming up, such things as Proposition I, Proposition N, which is about Airbnb. That's F. F. F pardon me. F. Thank you. Uh, Airbnb, where so many people are uh, using, they're using the Ellis Act to empty a place so they can turn them into Airbnb. So all of that is happening, and we're trying to keep track of all of that and cast that wide net and find that common thread. Is that right, Val? That's right. Let life flourish. And letting it flourish and don't panic is about keeping it organic, and, which uh, is – look at that smile. <laughs> I love you, sister. So yeah. Wendy, you, Wendy Aragon, so do you have a website where people can yeah, – uh, Yes. Get- uh, WendyAragon.com. So just first name, last name. Uh, Wendy, um, last name spelled A-R-A-G-O-N dot com. Um, you can donate. You can volunteer. Hang up a house sign. Um, help me get out there in the streets. You know, we've only got a few, little more than a week till election day. And, you know, I'm, I'm running against the mayor's guy that, that you know, race where he is, he thinks he's running uncontested and he feels so good about it. Um, you know, he's invested in his candidates, not just on the, with Vicki Hennessy is running for sheriff, you know, who he had appointed while Ross was gone. He, you know, this should not be a slam dunk for a mayor. This election should be a referendum on the mayor. Oh, yeah. And for the mayor itself. Definitely. And I think that we, you know, it's this whole, every, everything kind of mainstream land is saying, oh, the mayor's running vir- virtually unopposed. Or, hey, we have a and all the, all the folks, you know, who are, who are on his team are running, oh, virtually unopposed, which we actually know not to be true. Um, so uh, we know that there's a movement coming up through the neighborhoods, through, through the, the folks in the city, and uh, we, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thanks, Wendy And Aragon. this be Val Iberia, which is the Iberian Peninsula, the now uh, or uh, Spain and Portugal, and you'll be uh, Wendy Aragon, which is a uh, province in Spain. Yes. Thank you. Every, so people always go, thread. like, Lord of the Rings, like the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you for that, like, for...
So thank you guys for having me so much today. It's, thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Okay, to be continued. Go out and uh, support Wendy on Sunday at 351 Guerrero, starting at 11 a.m., a lovely, beautiful garden party um, to support her, her campaign. So let's play a little music here, and then we'll be right back with, uh, well, gee, whatever happens next. <laughs> this is the Common Thread Collective, after all.
Yeah, we are coming together here on the Common Thread Collective at Mutiny Radio, streaming around the planet on mutinyradio.fm. I'm Global Val here with Diamond Dave, and our next guests today are Betty Mackey and Robert Dodd, who have come in to talk about uh, evictions in San Francisco. Welcome. Okay, Robert, uh, Betty, here's a little backstory and a front story that originally I've been paying more and more attention to something that you find online. It's called the Eviction Mapping Project, where some women got together using the tools of mapping that you can, I guess, learning now on the cutting edge of sociology these days, of social metric mapping. You can find out a bunch of stuff that, uh, a bunch of things that you wouldn't ordinarily. And they have done this mapping project, uh, 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 where they've mapped the evictions that have been going on, uh, not in the Mission District, but not just the eviction mission, the evictions and finding a pattern. In fact, when you go to the eviction map- mapping project online, it looks like an enormous r- blot, a Rorschach blot, the covering the city of all the evictions that have taken, uh, taken place. One of the ways that they're using to evict people, and with the elections coming down, we've been alluding to it again and again with Prop I, Prop F, uh, Airbnb and uh, trying to find a moratorium so we can get some affordable housing, all of that happening. It's also they're doing some oral history as part of that. And two of the people that have been referred by them is here is his fellow Robert. Uh, hey, Robert, welcome. Thank you very much. And Betty. And they're here and they're going to tell their stories because that's how they were referred to. So, Robert, let's start with you. Tell us what happened and how you found yourself uh, suddenly uh, Homeless, or to some degree, suddenly homeless. Well, suddenly, uh, in February, p- possibly. Um, I've lived in the city for 40 years. I'm six years old. I uh, had HIV for a long time, and then all of a sudden I got pneumocystis. I had some stress. So I got this apartment so I could have friends come in, like, basically take care of me. And this is 20 years ago. So I've had friends in and out of the apartment, basically, uh, because I can't... Um, do a lot of stuff for myself. So I've lived there for 20 years. Uh, these people from Marin, uh, each member of their family seems to be buying a building. They were evicting people on an industrial scale using the Ellis Act. And the Ellis Act, how is that being used? The Ellis is a, is a state, now do I have this wrong? It's a state law passed by the state legislature, and it's a way to try to get around uh, local eviction laws, local, uh, local laws uh, involving uh, Involving uh, involving uh, uh, rent control and things like that. That's yes. what the Ellis Act is about, and that's what they used in your case. Tell us more. Yes, uh, rent control in San Francisco originally, you would have it. Uh, if you are just a regular person, you've been in a building, and the building of a certain age, uh, you have rent control, healthy or not. I'm disabled uh, after five years. I've been there 20 years, and that is to basically give the neighborhood stability. Um, it would be very difficult for me to move to find a place. I have, I have trouble uh, just getting here today. You know, you get up, you wash, you brush your teeth, you get here. After this, I'm going to go home and put my pajamas back on. So, <laughs> so as far as me having to uh, find a place, I don't see where I'd really get the energy to, to, to do that. Um, the building was just purchased by this couple in Marin, and uh, they don't, they're not from here. And uh, they want to sell the building for millions of dollars. They'll kick us out and um, sell each floor of our building for uh, multi-millions of dollars. So um, let's see. So, uh, so you've already 
received a eviction notice and is it through the the Ellis Act which is giving it, it gives landlords kind of an uh, uh, going out of business opting out so that they if they can sell the building they they want to not be landlords anymore supposedly right and they yes and yes. so that gives them the in a way in a way and what this uh, the act did was say if your family had rental property and your parents wanted to take their capital out of the market, then this gave them an option to basically privatize the, the, uh, the units. Uh, but what's happening now is you have serial evictors, basically somebody that goes in, buys a building, waits five years, buys a building, LSACs everybody, waits five years, and they're re-eligible to uh, do this again. But if you have a husband, he can LSACT a building, a wife can LSACT a building, and in my case, you have the brother of my landlord also doing the same thing. So it's an industri- he's an architect. So uh, my building was built in 1911. It's a beautiful old San Francisco building. It's got wainscoting down the halls, beautiful ceilings, beams. He's basically going to gut the interior of the building. So we're going to lose San Francisco architecture that's over 100 years old, legacy architecture. And uh, basically, I don't... I'm not trying to be pathetic. I don't know how I'm going to survive. Well, yeah, and I don't think it's about it's a matter of being pathetic. I know, I know when you're kind of saying it out loud, you're like, wait a second. But I mean, this is a this is a real situation that's not just happening to you, but it's happening to so many people yes. around San Francisco. So it's in my neighborhood. A lot, I have a lot of Chinese immigrant families that are being thrown out into the street. For myself. Um, since I'm on the Buenos Corridor, my, uh, I have a home health care worker that is able to come and deliver food to me. My nurse is able to come to me quite easily. I have a social worker that's able to come to me quite easily. Uh, I'm able to get services. I can walk to one block and get my medic- medications from Walgreens. I have HIV AIDS. Um, while I was in that building, uh, I've had stress. I've had cancer. I almost died of cancer. I almost died a couple of times. The act of all of this stress um, sure. I'm fine now uh, I don't I don't know I don't think I'm gonna live very well in a shopping cart I don't think I don't think I'm gonna survive actually yeah certainly I mean a couple weeks ago we had um, uh, someone in here and his name is escaping me right now but uh, he grew up in Bernal Heights and lived in the same house renting the same house with his father for 23 years his father was disabled they got evicted but so, you know, his father used to kind of like exactly what you're saying. He had all his resources here in the neighborhood. He could go and get, you know, medical help and, and various uh, various other services here in the, in the neighborhood. Your neighbors, your friends can come pick your groceries up. They can come and pick you up off the floor if you're immobilized and bring you to the hospital, which has happened to me. A yeah. young girl had to come pick my body off the floor Put me into her car and carry me to the hospital so I could get medication. So, uh, but that, so it's uh, so it's still uh, still it's still uh, uh, you're still fighting the case. It's to come to court uh, sometime uh, soon. Is that right? Or we'll come to court around February 14th of this coming year. Then that this starts the eviction process. I'm using the Tenderloin Housing Clinic. Those guys seem very bright, very motivated. I feel very positive about them. I don't know what the architecture or the outcome will be. I'm hopeful, but also this sounds a little silly, but um, my apartment has always been a platform for like-minded people. I've had a lot of kids come and stay with me for free 
out of college, not because I was sick, but just because they were positive people. They're still my friends. I've had friends from out of state come. And they could stay at my house for free. And it's just the fact that I was able to give them safe harbor. These, it's not about money. It's about uh, community. It's about family. Uh, that's what this, uh, my home has been used for. And um, if I lose it, I am near City Lights Bookstore. And I feel that my energy represents that kind of energy, too. I was born in 1955. That's the year that Hal was published. Okay, well, I, I, I walked him to, I hitchhiked here from Minneapolis. When I heard something was happening in San Francisco, thanks to Kenneth Rexwell's article in Nation magazine, and I stood there. In fact, I was there when Ferlinghetti, now 94, 93, whatever, had his, uh, had his reading there for his new book of, uh, he's got a new book of, uh, of his journals, which out there, so I was there just a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. Say lights, and I was there in 1957, and there he was putting copies of a howl back in the wind because he's just been acquitted. So look, so this is coming up. All of these is interesting, and I understand I feel it, but this is not going to be really the subject of what happens in court when you do to come to court, in which they have to show that the Ellis Act does not apply in your case, or the Ellis Act is not a good fit for San Francisco, or whatever way the Tenderloin, uh, tenderloin lawyers have figured out a way to approach it. And I'm sure they've had experience, and this is going to be what's happening am i right um i think it could apply in my case quite easily because uh the idea is the fact that it, it regard, regardless of your uh, disability they can throw you out in the street that's what i'm talking about i'm saying all the good things you're doing well the lawyers are good is all wonderful and as far as i'm concerned you should be able to stay there for the rest of your life that's only normal organic and what we should be doing but whatever this architect and this family wants to do to get that place back so they can boost the uh, rents up to uh, up to uh, triple or way beyond what it would have been under rent control, which you've been under for some time. They're going to condo convert. They're not even, it's not even going to be a rental. And they just purchased the building, and they automatically Ellis Act. Oh, my goodness. And they're well, doing this to other buildings as well. well right, let's get and the, that's the abuse of the Ellis Act, because the Ellis yes. Act is, was, well, I mean, in essence, would help protect, um, you know, property owners who have buildings and actually do want to get out of the business of renting, but what we're seeing is this abuse of it where you have someone come in and buy the building and then turn it around uh, uh, using Ellis Act and saying, okay, actually, no, we don't want to be landlords anymore. The business for them is an industrial process. They want to make millions of dollars now, this year, not an investment over time. And uh, this is part of what the great thing the Mission Mapping Project has done to show to what degree this is. Now, these, uh, these seem like individual, uh, individual actions, but in fact, they're very massive and collect. And we have a small group of lawyers who get together who are able, who are practiced in the Ellis Act and practice of, of uh, showing people like you, brother, showing you the boot. Yes. Out the door. When yes, there's no real reason to uh, uh, show you out the door except that they want to make money, 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 money. Is that right? Yes. My landlord has sent me documents that are lies about my lease. Uh, I knew he was a bully. He actually uh, assaulted somebody that asked them questions about why he was evicting me. This is, uh, this is not even me 
fabricating something. This is just documented facts. Well, one of, that's one of the reasons, isn't it, right, Bell, that we're the, one of the reasons d'etre is being a voice of all this, why this show is different than any other show, because we believe in free speech, but because we're, because, anyway, because we are and because this is what we do and that what, whatever's brought to us to do, we'll do it getting out the word for sure. If it's a matter of, I, I mean, thanks for coming down today. I'm glad you made it down here, but if it's a matter of getting down here, you can always give us a call too. Here at Mutiny, we've got a phone number, phone line. If you want, if you didn't uh, feel like making the the trek across I, town, I like the atmosphere. Actually, well, of course. I, I like the face. It is fun. It's very nice. It's yes. a great atmosphere. And we are, we in fact, uh, we are part of a documentary that's being done as we speak. I'm looking at the camera. Hey, brother. Hey, fellow human beings. Which is going on about the uh, the use of the Ellis Act to do just what we're talking about. So this is called a multiphasic, a multitasking, multi-unit, multimedia production. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. And now we got Betty here. Betty, tell us your story. Thanks for having me on. Um, my connection with the anti-eviction mapping project came when uh, my community on Yerba Buena Island received eviction, 90-day eviction notices. Um, we were a community of between 11 and 15 years, and people mostly know us by the name Treasure Island community. And, and those, that community is actually two, was actually two communities. And Yerba Buena Island is a naturally occurring island in the middle of the Bay Bridge. It's bedrock, fault line free, and one of the safest places to live in all of San Francisco. It's half owned by the Coast Guard, and the other half was owned by the Navy, and on May 29th of this year was transferred to the city of San Francisco as its property. So, um, and that was 70 acres worth of land. On Treasure Island, there was an additional 200 some odd acres that was transferred as well. And all of that property is surrounding um, like a little marina area, private, I don't want to call it a yacht club because they, it wasn't like the San Francisco Yacht Club, but there were boats and there's a little marina village down yeah, there. Yeah, there's a marina there and uh, what's that cove there, what's that called? Exactly, it's called the Treasure Island Cove. Okay. So <laughs> this think. is kind of like a paradise for folks who know Paradise Cove. <laughs> and uh, and uh, somewhere, somewhere in the city, somebody scratched their head and said, hey, a lot of money could be made by simply doing a transfer and you're one of the victims, is that right? Pretty much. This, this community started in the year 2000 with the um, leasehold entrance of the city from the Navy. So they leased it out as what they called market rate housing at the time. I moved in in 2004 and I called it affordable housing. So I'm not low income and I don't qualify for BMR or any of these things, but I lived there for 11 years and I had never lived anywhere prior to that in my adult life for 11 years. It was um, very comfortable. Um, I became a part, I stayed because I became a part of a growing community. Um, we, my neighbors and I had keys to each other's houses. We kept each other's pets when we, um, when we travel for work. Someone watched mine, I watched theirs, that kind of thing. And because it's an island, you kind of watch out for each other in other ways, like I'm at the grocery store. Do you need anything? You don't need to come out, that kind of thing. I babysat other people's kids. I was the first one to arrive at the hospital that wasn't family when my neighbor had her firstborn son, that kind of thing. So it's, it's, that whole community was destroyed and um, evicted as of the 14th of September of this year. I was the last one there because the city was supposed to offer everyone comparable housing. And I, I had, um, I have, a um, mobility disability. 
When I was a year old, I um, contracted infantile poliomyelitis, and so I have um, limited use of my left quadriceps. So I have difficulty with stairs, basically. I have difficulty running and keeping up, you know, that kind of thing. So going up and down stairs, I can do it, but it's better and safer for me not to have that in my house. And so the, the, the city and the Treasure Island Development Authority and, and all of these folks refused to accommodate my disability. They would ask me questions and then constantly search for reasons why they wouldn't accommodate me. So in the end, they told me I had to get out or they would file an unlawful detainer and have the sheriffs come for me. So we couldn't reach a, um, an agreement on anything. So I was terrified, so I threw all of my things into storage and waited for them to give me a place to live. What they did instead was say, you've returned the keys and your things are all gone, so we're going to return your deposit, goodbye, and left me homeless. Shoot. Even though I had constantly communicated to them that I was waiting for my home. Now let me ask you a question. You say the city. Well, the city uh, has uh, many mansions, I must say, to quote the But anyway, so this is not something which is taken up by the Board of Supervisors. Is this something you can directly say, connect to the mayor, to Ed Lee and the mayor, this Treasure Island Authority, which is unknown, I think, to most people. It's unknown to me that was able to do this, that was able to take off off uh, over where you were living, this community, disband this community, push this community out in order to uh, bring about plans of their own. You talked about building a condo, something like that, a multi-million dollars client. Under what agency of the city is this? That's a great question. It sounds like it, no. it's no. It's an amazing question because it's extremely complicated. In 2011, Governor Brown announced that he was going to dissolve all state redevelopment agencies. That's right. Unless, unless they were shovel ready and their projects are ready to start. So, the Treasure Island Development Authority, then a state redevelopment agency, tried to prove it was shovel ready, and they were rejected. So when they were rejected, as a part of trying to prove that, they signed a contract that was approved by the Board of Supervisors <coughs> with the Treasure Island Community Development, LLC. This LLC is comprised of a fellow by the name of Darius Anderson, who is a political consultant and also owns a real estate investment company called Kenwood Investments. His political consultancy is called Platinum Advisors. Platinum Advisors is a political consultancy to the stars, connected with Nancy Pelosi, Barbara Boxer, Dianne Feinstein, Governor Brown, Willie Brown, and Ed Lee. So and this is like the, lead, the circle, the leading circle of politics. The, the, their go-to group is this dude who has this platinum consultants who also had wore the hat of running the Treasure Island constituency of which none of us have really heard, which is now part of, which is now replacing uh, what redevelopment would have is replacing it. So when you say city, that's who you're talking about, is right. That They're is correct. They're the ones who use his his expertise and being a consultant. Of it's not who you know or what you know, but what you know or who who you know to get this little uh, this. This, uh, this plum that he runs, which is supposedly under the city, but in fact is pretty much unknown by most San Franciscans. Am I right so far? Uh, kind of. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm, it's confusing to me, so it takes me a while to kind of peel back the onion. Um, Darius Anderson is this person that's all those things. Right. Sure. He is the power broker that pulled together all the members of the Treasure Island Community Development, LLC. And that 
LLC includes his group, Kenwood Advisors, and then Lennar Urban Development. I think we all know who they are. They do. And Wilson Meany Sullivan, who are also real estate development investment company. So the only actual builder is Lennar Urban. Yeah. And so they signed this contract in 2012 to um, establish an entitled status, but it was rejected by the state in terms of being shovel ready. So when the Treasure Island Development Authority as a state redevelopment agency was dissolved, all of its contracts were supposed to be dissolved as well. Typically what happens is when the state redevelopment agencies were dissolved, they would go into something called successorship and there would be a number of officers that were established to run down contracts, um, dissolve, sell off all of the property, you know, desks, paper, that kind of thing. And, and then they would have an oversight board that would make sure everything was happening appropriately. Because the Treasure Island Development Authority, and all the time it was there from 2000 to 2011, never got it together, never cleaned up TI, and had um, never completed the, the contamination cleanup on TI, right. and never got the funding to start the redevelopment, they literally were not shovel ready. And they, were, they, had, they really didn't even have a reason to sign that contract other than the fact that the state redevelopment agency was about to be dissolved. Okay, so because they had never taken stat state tax money, they were allowed to just shut down. And so the city of San Francisco established the Treasure Island Development Authority as a 501c6 nonprofit, which is run by the city. Same staff, same people, same assets. And they're honoring this contract, which in my opinion is illegal, because it should have been dissolved with the state redevelopment agency. And they're moving forward with all of this all in an effort to make sure that Darius Anderson makes multi-millions and Lennar makes multi-millions on luxury condominiums on Yerba Buena Island. They're planning 5% affordable rental apartments, but they will fall under a covenant, which as we all know, expires. So if you have someone like me or someone like Robert living in an affordable condo and it expires in 20 years, what happens? We're distressed again nowhere to go, impossible to move. And there's no oversight. I mean, uh, I've never heard that, uh, that this has been discussed by the Board of Supervisors, our elected representatives in any way. There's been, it sounds like there's been very little, uh, very little transparency about what's going on. I, I, I try to be kind of a news junkie. I try to pay attention, but I never heard of it. All of this sounds like your classic under-the-radar kind of thing. Am I right? That is correct. I did stand in public comment and map all of, most of this out in the two minutes you're allowed That's it, in front of the Board of Supervisors, and I tried to meet with, the board of super, with different members of the Board of Supervisors. Jane Kim refused to meet with us and then proceeded to say that she had already talked to us about this and that she had been clear and transparent with us, which is completely untrue. Uh, you're under uh, Treasure Island. Where you were living is part of, was part of her district then, is that what Absolutely. you're saying? Uh, of Absolutely. Of course. And she, An and unknown part of her we district. We went to her several times. My community uh, sat on her doorstop at one point and demanded to speak with her. And... Um, and she was untruthful then. She's proceeded to tell my community that the um, that that there was already an approved infrastructure financing district for development on TI which, and we, NYBI, which was completely untrue. It's been a really, really long road to hoe. And the, the real thing about this is that it's so complicated, it's easy to lose people in the explanation. Right, and you've definitely got into that tangled web and, uh, and uh, have paced it together. 
So what's the next step, or what's what's going on at, one at of this few point? Chances you're able to really bring this out in a good yeah. way. Yeah, and we're happy. So much for thread. this opportunity. We're fighting a common thread. This is what we're here to do. Take it away, sister. So there's only one thing to do. They're moving forward right now. They got everybody off the island. They they promised me a home and didn't give it to me. They they set up communications for me before I left, such that they wouldn't even speak to me directly. Both the city and the John Stewart Company, who manages the property out there, insisted that I talk through their attorney. And when I came to them with my disability accommodation requests, they proceeded to use lingual, the legal language associated with that um, and say that they were opening an interactive process. But an interactive process is supposed to be direct, not through an attorney. And it's supposed to be done in good faith which every time I answered a question of theirs, they were, you, they were constantly scratching, looking for a reason to deny my request. And so in the end, what they ended up offering me was something that was more than 30% smaller than what I already had. And if I had accepted it, then I would have been, then they were legally off the hook. So I had to turn it down. And I kept telling them I wanted to sit down and talk to them. But, but so my personal situation is that I am now homeless and living on the kindness of friends. And I'm lucky to keep my job in this situation. You know? Shoot. And I'm in tech. So everybody tries to vilify well, tech. I'm in tech and I have nowhere to live. And I can see you're a highly intelligent human being <laughs> that they didn't realize when they bit off, that they bit off more than they could chew. And remember, Treasure Island was originally the pen, was uh, when they had the World's Fair out here, the pen exhibit where was that. And then there's a woman who was temporarily on the Board of Supervisors, and there's a big scandal around her going quite by, and then she got named head of that, uh, head of the Treasure Island. Uh, do you remember who that was? This I, is quite some time. I don't date back that far okay, because well, I, I, I moved in in 2004. And there's a big scandal. It goes back to scandal about her getting the job, and, but this is way down the line. But here you be. So, hey, please uh, keep us informed. Keep us informed, both of you, of what's going on, and let us know. You always got a space here on the Common Thread Collective Mutiny Radio. Thanks for coming through. Thanks, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you both. And and that's as Dave said, you know, we're we're here to um, not only promote but also you know up, uplift uh, people's voices and and uh, support free speech and support human rights and community. And this is really what it comes down to is is the communities that are being uh, displaced and and the rights that are being violated. And uh, and kind of like Dave said, they really couldn't didn't know what they were getting, didn't know who they were uh, dealing with. And and you see that. Uh, you know, across the board in so many ways, when there's actually legitimate uh, arguments that, that show what they're doing is wrong, they just keep more distance and longer and longer, longer distance um, because they're, they're afraid of what you've got to say. Yeah. I just wanted to throw one more thing in here, and I don't think that I emphasize this clearly enough, is that I believe that this entire transaction is illegal. When the city took took possession of the land on May 29th. It was already being used for affordable housing and therefore I believe fell under the auspices of the California Surplus Lands Act, which specifically states that any surplus land must be used, offered first to affordable housing developers and they didn't do that. That was never done. They're just honoring this old contract that should have been dissolved. In addition, it's in direct violation also of the San Francisco Surplus City Properties Ordinance, sure. which, if you're savvy at all right now, fellow San Franciscans, Prop K talks about expanding the definition of 
the surplus city properties ordinance to embrace middle-income households so that when you build affordable housing they can be included as well so I think that's like hundred and fifty percent of median income and medium income being like around seventy thousand dollars okay the key here is that why expand an ordinance that the mayor can pick and choose to ignore at any time? Right. What difference does it make? Because, well, when Reed said that, that's one of my favorite lines is not who you know or what you know, it's what you know about who you know. And there these folks are, and Treasure Island is kind of off the, uh, off the radar for a lot of people, although it is part of San Francisco. As you point out, it's in James, Jane Kim's constituency and whatever finances that she put together to run, because she's been moving over to the people's side. Why is she ignoring this particular thing, which is like a kind of a cancer in her uh, thing? What's going on here? All these uh, questions occur to us and occur to us. We want to keep it going on, because uh, what's this, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that I'm, uh, I embrace that song. Freedom is another word, or just another word for nothing left to lose. And since I got no property, Except I got maybe your life if you're too free in the streets. Well, we've been doing it. We've been holding on Word. here. We've been as usual. So thanks for coming through. Yes, and thank we got plenty of musicians thank here. Thank you so much we for got being this, here. My brother is going to start playing some slide guitar. So hang on in. Thanks for coming through. This is usual. What I like to say at this point, hey sister, hey brother, to be continued. Thank you so much. And uh, those are, um, so Robert Dodd and Betty Mackey both uh, were part of the anti-eviction mapping uh, oral history projects that's happening. Um, so check out antievictionmap.com and a lot of the resources and links and maps there um, to, to that, as uh, Dave said, kind of looks like a big Rorschach test of all these evictions that have been happening throughout San Francisco just in the past few years. So um, thank you for being part of the common thread. And we are all part of this common thread. And uh, maybe we'll all find a stay home. Welcome home, everybody.
We hope that you all feel at home here at Mutiny Radio uh, and in San Francisco and wherever you may be. Um, home is where the heart is, right? And we've got a lot of heart here on the Common Thread Collective. And uh, this is an open community, open door, open mic with our open arms and open minds and open hearts. So up at the microphone, I don't know your name, my friend, but I hear you're going to play some slide guitar. What's your name? Yeah, Jason. Jason. Right on. Thanks for coming to play some music. Thank you. <laughs> uh, go, go for it when you're ready. All right. All right. This, this first one doesn't have slides. But. <laughs> Early this morning When you knocked upon my door Early this morning ooh, When you knocked upon my door And I said, hello Satan I believe it's time Me and the devil was walking side by side Me and the devil ooh, was walking side by side I'ma love my woman until I get satisfied Don't see why that you would dog me around. No, baby, no, you ain't doing me right. Since you don't see why ooh, that I would dog around. Must be that old evil spirit so deep down in. Bury my body down by the highway side. You may bury my body ooh, down by the highway side. So my old evil spirit can catch a greyhound bus and ride. Right on, Jason. Give us another. I'd like to have some blues around here. Uh, oh, that's r- that's rock and roll, man. <laughs> String down. But you never knew. Oh. Hey. This is what's happening. This is live radio, folks. This is wonderful. Community radio. Everybody's coming together. 
Hatching plans. I love it. Huh? What do you, um, putting it in A, A tune, open A tuning. Slide. Right on. Oh. I think he's working on something. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah working on it. That's cool. Do what you got to do. That's a, oh, I, I know that game. Here we are at Mutiny Radio. So let's raise a toast The ghosts of the Barbary Coast we swing a bottle Between our long stars To all of the gamblers The gold-seeking Bye. Uh-huh. 
that was uh, music from Hazy Loper, um, Ghost of Barbary. Actually, is the name of the album that's off of. So I guess that's the that's the uh, that's the title track. And uh, Dave, you remember? Um, I, I forget his name, but they, it was he and his and his lady. They were in here a few months ago because they were doing a bunch of research on the Barbary Coast. Oh, that's right, and, I and, do. I thought that they were was that. like re- they did a reading at City Lights book of this book that they put together, but uh, the. Yeah, his band is Hazy Loper. So. And I ran into them, and they're planning on coming back soon. Cool. So it's another to be continued. Well, our, our team, our family here, was able to get together and help this young brother, Jason, and I love his slide guitar, who's on his first uh, voyage here. Hey, Jason. Hey. Good to see you, brother. You ready? Yeah. Okay, take it away. You got another song here. Be on the slide guitar. Our brother Jason, his first foray. Foray of that sort. Thanks for being here, Jason. Super cool. Super cool. I got one more. All right. Good 
shoes No power I got these Won't walk in Got up this morning Feeling around for my shoes But you know about that I got these old walking blues Sorry, I messed it up. Sorry. <laughs> thank, you, uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you. And we be the Common Third Collective. We be each and every uh, each and every Friday. So you're always welcome to come through. Practice may not make perfect, but it just might make better. Hey, hey Val, we got our sister Maddie here, who I met uh, when we were hanging around waiting to hear uh, uh, the, one of the founders. I'm talking about Lawrence Ferlighetti at Say Lights Bookstore. She's coming up. She's got some poetry we could burst. But here be, here be Rain yeah, from rain. Missoula. Hey, Rain, are you here? Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, oh, we, we can. can. so good to hear you, Rain. Likewise, friends. Oh, wisely. So tonight, I have some friends that are going to be playing. Um, they they do a Rage Against the Machine cover band. Right on. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rage Against the Machine, but oh yeah, Gorilla yeah. Radio, turn that shit up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what the name of their their group is, Gorilla Radio. Perfect. <laughs> Where are they playing? And, um, they're playing at the Top Hat in Missoula, which is um, an awesome venue if you're ever coming to the northern Rocky Mountains. And my friend Taj is part of that, um, the Gorilla Radio, and he's opening the show tonight, and he's letting me share a poem. So I'm kind of nervous, because like, there's going to be a pretty rowdy crowd there, right? <laughs> <laughs> But um, so I was thinking of sharing the first poem that I wrote in San Francisco when I came to visit. Nice. That's a good approach. Yeah. <laughs> so are, I don't so know if you guys... Are you going to read that poem for us today? I remember that, yeah. But um, do you mind listening and giving me a little feedback? <laughs> Love it, of course. Do it. All right. Well, this poem has to be dedicated to the awesome Viracocha, um, little uh, beautiful shop and um, underground culture of the Mission District of San Francisco, because that was where I spent my first night in San Francisco sharing poetry to live jazz, which I'm starting to trying to start up here. Yeah, at so, the wor the word party. I remember you being there. Yep, and um, mm -hmm. after three weeks in the wilderness with the Rainbow family and then finding myself in the middle of San Francisco, this is the poem that I wrote. And um, I put it in my first little book that I created, and I call it The Forest Said to the City. And it's also dedicated to anyone that has ever felt like they were, they were being made to feel like they couldn't be themselves. They were taking up too much space especially everybody that's getting evicted and finding themselves on the street when they were just being um, such, like, independent, living within their means. So, the forest said to the city, 
I have weight. I take up space. I eat, I piss, and I shit. And my favorite ways to piss, shit, eat, and feel weight is in wide open natural spaces where my urine steams from the earth on a cool morning, the dew washing my feet as I squat peacefully, taking in dusky scenery, where my shit instantly meets its destiny to cosmically dance with the rest of the soil, aching to whisper sweet nothings to new life's fertility, where the luscious mother's body makes my mouth water with her bounty, Juicy greens, meaty mushrooms, flowers with sweet nectar secrets, growing to fruit, growing into fruits of a nourishing surplus, sensual and raw. Where I can, where I am, space. Unafraid to breathe deeply of itself, observing interdependencies like a symphony of vertices and horizons, planes dancing daydreams of microcosmic composing. Where I can allow this weight to take shape of inner sense growing like listening is a feast and nature is a lecture and a million different languages with a billion different dialects and I can understand them all. Because I was born to read this book, and I am written by its context. Testify. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> written by its context. Hey, Rain, saying this, they say context is everything, and to be written by its context means that that's where we're bouncing around like a, like a, like a billiard bell in the great billiard table of life. That's what I see to that. Bouncing back and forth, we'd be billiard boards. And the other thing is, I don't know if you got it the first time, Veracoach is no more. It's become part of oh, that no. gentrification. No, Dave, it really hasn't, actually. I mean, it, no one's taken over that space yet. And it wasn't a, like, the, it's, the reason it closed wasn't because it was getting priced out. So not, we, not, we don't want to put out wrong no, information. No, I didn't mean that. I've just said, as far as I know, uh, maybe they'll get it together. But uh, but but the more the days go by, the more unlikely it is that they will, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, but you took me right there. I remember that day where we were, where I walked in. I said, I'm going to take you to the word party, poetry and jazz. That's what we used to do way back then at the Jazz Cellar back then in the 1957. And there we were. Hey, Rain, so good to hear your voice. I know you do so well good tonight. Too. Keep connecting. And and you're going to rock it for the for Gorilla Radio tonight. <laughs> and please let them know about the Gorilla Radio. If they happen to be in San Francisco, bring their Gorilla Radio right here, all right? All right. And we'll do more. Hey, I want you to stay listening for a bit, if you will, because i got this sister, speaking of Gorilla Radio, uh, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, who's now 96 who I met first in 1957 at Sea Lights Bookstore. I don't think we went by there, did we? But anyway, and he, but he, uh, he was back. He's got a new book out of his journals, but it was so packed, of course, because here it might be the last time we see the old man 96. It was so packed. Oh. 
But I happen to be, as I do, you know, I've always find that common thread after casting it and get in conversations with people hanging out outside of Ferlinghetti's reading at Sailites, which I couldn't get in, but I used that time to talk to people. And one of the people I met was his sister, Maddie, who's a poetry and a poet in her own right. You're about to see that, about to hear that if you stay listening. And she's now ready to awesome. perform. So, hey, Maddie, <laughs> give us some words. Hey, Rain, give a listen. Hey, Rain, call me or let's connect because I'm thinking about my birthday coming up and thinking about your offer maybe to come by here for, for our B-Day or the Adobe or whatever it is that happens. Do you hear me, sister? Yeah, I do. Okay, to be continued is what I mean. Maddie, take it away, sister. Yeah, I I also um, was blessed to uh, know Viracocha and the Word Party while it was around, and very sad that it's not in effect anymore. But it may come back. I hope it does. Um, uh, and I'm gonna read a poem that I wrote for Ferlinghetti, like a few years ago when I wasn't living in San Francisco but missing it very much and hearing about all of the housing issues that were happening and really just thinking about how much North Beach meant to so many people and how amazing it is that it still holds so much culture to this day in that small space. And um, I was going to give this to Ferlinghetti the other night, but of course there is no way I was gonna get up to see him. But anyway, um, this is called Ferlinghetti. Ferlinghetti, what essence you have today on the 12 mission car to North Beach, where I sit between soda can concerned faces and graying denim. The thoughts of you suspended when I spotted the tortoiseshell hound on plastic seat, cleverly beside the white paper bags of once fried street noodles and viscous oyster sauce, swathing bean curd or swollen eggplants little forgotten packets of essential soy sauce. That hound with his dubious brows, each curved downward and broad as the freshly starched jaw bones of the steaming Grant Avenue fish houses. These circuitous headless labyrinths beside long haunted cathedrals and trinket shacks spilling out their offerings of Chinese Trinkets more mystic than the bodhisattva book souls of your beacon of a store. More mystic than the novels we have seen on high. Strung as though the writers could jab their worlds within a page or a firework. Happy, unable to stick the attention of real estate men lusting out the window, pages on their boots. Ferlinghetti, I fear the space that will implode when you are no longer here. I want your hound to trot freely forever, sniffing up the race and rancor and real estate and rendering it irrelevant. Yeah, Maddie. Maddie, 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 not only is that a poem too fully spaghetti, but you're, but, you're, but you're also occupying his style. It takes me back to the Coney Island of the Mind, which came out uh, just, uh, which I think was volume two mm -hmm. uh, of the uh, Sea Lights books. Volume one begins with how way back then in 1951. And I see you've appropriated the style <laughs> in order to give that poem to her. I see what you're doing, Maddie. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And then there's a, his last book that he, that he wrote was A Time of Useful Consciousness, 
which is a really incredible book as well. He hasn't actually gotten a lot of uh, reviews about it, but it's a it's an amazing book. Well, last week he was reading. Uh I mean, last time Maddie, where I first met Maddie, he was reading, this man in his middle 90s or so, was reading from his newest book, which is his journals. And they're amazing. Did you get a copy to read any of the journals, Maddie? Uh, I didn't, but the, okay, the, they're, yeah, the they're reading very was journalistic. They're very serious. They really bring it out. You can see he had poetry, his poetry, but his journals are journals. And what I opened up to, I happened to be walking down there. Why I w we were able to meet Maddie was I was on my way down there, but I stopped in as at the at the Live Worms Gallery, and Hey Diamond Dave there is saying, and I looked and there was the book that the the, the book is journals, which which they were uh, honoring and pro proclaiming at the, and I sat down, and I started reading it because I opened it up to a to a, to his journal where he happened to be at a reading in Italy of Ezra Pound. And was his take on Ezra Pound in his journal, and it totally, uh, totally hypnotized. I said, "Wow, this is something else." And then I said, "Well, I guess I'll go down to to see lights to see him." But by the time I got there, it was packed, packed, packed. So we've uh, so we've uh, we've happened to be side by side. Am I right? And we mm -hmm. fell into this conversation as I often do. I cast that wide net. And we found that common thread. Is that right, Maddie? Definitely, it happens so often are, in San Francisco. Another couple of poems. And then we have Johnny with his guitar. Do you got another couple of poems you'd like to do, Maddie? Yeah, uh, I've got right, another one. And of one. course, you're always welcome here. Give us a couple of poems, Maddie. All right. Um, this next poem is an ekphrastic poem, which is a poem written about a piece of art. And it's written for the photographer Gregory Crudson, um, who photographs these large-scale, high-production photographs with really intense, mysterious stories and people in these situations, you don't really know what's going on. Um, but this is called A Birthing Ekphrasis for Gregory Crutzen. Now it's dusk, oak leaves, crushed, strewn, no sidewalks, but paths from houses dim with prime time. Street wet, six o'clock sprinklers still humming, one tire still try. Mist, exhaust, cold silk panties, arm of a red sweater, blue cotton blouse, open, strewn, body crushed, trunk wrenched open, hair red, eyes glossed from sleep, pink silk pajamas. She crouches, socks on gravel, hands wet, stops shaking, opens the yellow suitcase, which had always been locked. See, Maddie, I had no idea the sort of poetry you, the poet you were. I just could see you were indeed a poet, and I said, come on down here and <laughs> join our melee here, our party here. Uh, uh, open mic, mic, open arms, and open heart, and open mind. Uh, but it seems like you studied poetry somewhere, did you? I did. Um, I went to school at Cal Poly down in San Luis Obispo, and I took poetry classes with um, James Cushing and Kevin Clark. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, oh, I've I written feel poetry. It. Do you have any books out, or any way people can find you and mm, out in the cloud? No, I'm I'm uh, planning to apply to grad school and maybe get something through that. But I just 
I read around San Francisco. Well, you do. Well, you're yeah. always welcome here, sister. <laughs> and, you know, I was just <laughs> thinking, you. you mentioned those poets you studied, but, but there, right over there at Fresno, maybe at the time, well, he's gone now, but at Fresno, a poet who's had a big influence on who I am, who I said, wow, another one is Philip Levine. Oh, definitely. And, I love him. And he was at Fresno, you know, before he became the, uh, then he graduated, went back to Brooklyn where he started out and then became the poet laureate. Mm -hmm. But Philip Levine, you mentioned those guys, but I always love to say Philip Levine and love reading Philip Levine aloud. And hey, Maddie, give us another poem. I want to say once again, you're welcome to join our crew here. We be the Common Thread Collective. Take it away, Maddie. All right. I've got one last one. Um, this is a poem I wrote for my body when I was sick. <laughs> it's called Sick, a poem for my body. After the fifth cycle of grandma's supposed cure-all, purified steaming froth, the hail Mary white miso, you think, wouldn't it be nice to detach this nose? Wouldn't it solve everything? If you could snap it off like an ochre Lego and let it do its own thing for a while on the cold bathroom countertop, plug it back in like prongs, only when it comes into cognizance of its cartilage and membrane, drains itself of all its caverns of hoarded buildup, asks for forgiveness, becomes a good Christian nose. And just that fast we become extremists about our extremities. It's okay. You want to detach that gut. Glance down, glom onto that pudge and cradle the contents like used golf balls or bagged wine, indulgences you should have paid more attention to. Revel in the sounds it makes in your hands, the stick and glop like rubber boots in mud. Now feast on everything. Be a glutton for the most reactive substances that would have made you sweat like Georgia asphalt. Got your bile roiling like a transatlantic storm, washing tire irons and baby dolls up on continental shores. Detach your breasts. Laugh at how comically lonely they are. So bare and lacking in morals. So drunk, swaying towards you, making you think there's some tab left to pick up. Some guy who's already left with another girl. Look how desperate they are to be free, to shimmy down your trellis and slip into the cigarette ash night of some fast red car. Under a street lamp, a glimpse of pearled hair, of dusty rose, never to be seen again. And while we're breaking down our play structures, detach your womb. Scoop the tubular waterways and seeds into the trash like Halloween and forget about it. Decorate. Make its new hollow a grand ballroom where all your guests will dance, even the clumsy ones who twirl off into the hallway like dreidels when no one's looking and fall in love with a picture of you when you were a child, that heavenly gloss in your eyes. Speaking of eyes, detach them too. They weep too much, better get them on Prozac. Detach your toes, especially the pinky ones with that weird fin of rubbed white skin which caught the brunt of the stiletto for years. Don't know why you wear those things anyway. Detach the mouth, always in league with the brain to make everyone else look stupid. Learning speech that leaps but can only fall short. Detach the brain, the final frustration, the gardener at 7 a.m., 
the loud mouth garbage truck, the neighbor banging hammer, the small, simple, no echo. Now stop playing God. Smooth the clay around the edges of the pieces you trashed. Rub the blood awake beneath the skin. Turn them naked and true in your hand. Blush if you want. Then act like you're happy they're yours, almost like you love them. Lousy. Thank you. Maddie, you'll be amazing. Thank you, sister. And now I was yeah. at this. And please, uh, you know, we're here every Friday here on the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. So we're streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. And also the podcast for the show will go up automatically after the show on Friday. So if you want to, you know, show, tell your friends. And, hey, well, and we'd be a collective, but a band and open-end collective. So folks are welcome to come through, join in, be part of all this. Here we be. And now, hey, uh, John. Yeah, John, John Rodania is going to set up. Um, while, while he's getting set up, um, I wanted to jump in and, and make a quick note about what's been going on. Because uh, we've been here at the at Muni Radio here at Common Thread. We've been big proponents of Prop F, which would uh, set some really um, actual regulations on, and legal requirements on Airbnb because there's so many uh, short-term rental units that aren't registered with the city, which is against the city law. And anyhow, but uh, there's, there's this huge controversy um, this big scandal, really, about all these signs that Airbnb has been placing around the city of San Francisco on bus shelters and on billboards, basically uh, just in this really uh, passive-aggressive, snarky tone saying, uh, like, dear public library, we hope that you use the $12 million in taxes to... Uh, you know, stay open later. Love Airbnb. Like, dear Board of Education, uh, we hope that you uh, use some of the $12 million in taxes to keep art in the schools. Love Airbnb. It's like all this crazy shit, right? And so I, I saw one the other day and I walked by and I was, it was after work, so I was a little bit like tired anyway. And I kind of walked by it and I just didn't, I kind of read it and I didn't really get what the, what I was reading and I kept walking and so it turns out they're all over the city and um and even when they were first approached about it they they acted uh, you know indignant um they're like uh, you know someone reached out to try to figure out if these were actually real and the and the official response initially was what as opposed to fake ones um but now that now that it's this big thing I mean the Washington Post wrote about it um you can read the article it's called uh the title of the article and the Washington Post is, sorry, Airbnb, you don't get a gold star for paying taxes. Um, a good article there by Emily Badger. But uh, just, just to be aware of uh, the tactics, and this isn't even considered part of the eight-plus million dollars that they've been spending to try to defeat Prop F. Um, so uh, and, if and anybody had any uh, you know, reservations of whether or not these folks were just totally out of touch, um, Vote yep on Prop and, F. And their, their slogan, which you see everywhere, too, beside that, is just too extreme. Oh, that's yeah, that's their campaign. And they even got the, you know, Gavin Newsom on, on TV saying, it's just too extreme. So, I mean, it's just With so no clear. As, it's clear as day. And, uh, and since people are talking about uh, uh, being constantly talking about extremists 
and that extremists leads to terrorists and so on. Just to extreme, you can imagine the amount of money they put in to get that slogan using various groups, uh, groups, uh, what's the best way on that, but that's the one that's bought and paid for. Just to extreme, regular Airbnb. Yeah. Well, I see John here. Yeah. John is part of a group with uh, one of the one of the leaders, one of the great voices who works with uh, Sarah Short, in fact, with the, with the housing. I'm talking about Tommy Avekel and Mecca, and they have their group, they're called The Activists. They're, and I ran into, hey, uh, John, where did I run into you? And I said, why don't you come back here? We haven't seen you for a while. And so here I am. Where was it? We well, ran into was, each other. Uh, at the uh, Sunday Streets. Oh, that's right, Sunday Streets. Well, it's so good to see you, brother. Take it away. All right, so uh, Give us a couple songs. this uh, first song, when, uh, when Dave saw me out on the streets, I was wearing a Bernie Sanders shirt, <laughs> uh, working for Bernie Sanders. Uh, and uh, I'm not a Democratic all, at all. I'm a Green Party person, but I do think he will make a difference. So Bernie's making changes all across this land. We gotta go and give him a big helping hand. Do what you can and a little bit more. It's money and greed, it's money and greed that make this country insane. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. Citizens United gotta be revoked. The word democracy's just a billionaire's joke. Fact check political reality. Buying for the people's a fantasy. Cause it's money and greed, it's money and greed. It's money and greed making this country insane. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. Because it's money and greed. It's money and greed. Money and greed making this country insane. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. Bernie vote against the Bush-Iraqi war. Those chaos now don't know who we're fighting for. Bernie's policy was really the best. The country only listened wouldn't be in this mess. Cause it's money and greed. It's money and greed. It's money and greed making this country insane. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. Of health and education makes this country Country strong, not defendant in the future is just plain wrong. Bernie's message rings just as clear as a bell. The Wall Street kleptomaniacs are heading for hell. Cause it's money and greed, it's money and greed, it's money and greed making this country insane. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. Attorney wants to really tackle climate change. It ain't no denying. Where there's dangerous and strange The fossil fuel lobbies There's so much to blame Political bribery and lies A national shame So it's money and greed It's money and greed It's money and greed Making this country insane That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign Cause it's money and greed Money and greed 
money and greed making this country insane. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders' campaign. You don't need no corporate cash or any Trump change, but you can help with a few dollars in any pocket change. A political revolution around this land. The time when we the people take a stand. Cause it's money and greed. It's money and greed. It's money and greed making this country insane. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders campaign. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders campaign. That's why we gotta win Bernie Sanders campaign. It's a Halloween song. Gothic girl, she's a gothic girl. She got me on her spell. With sharp spike hair and black lipstick and a love for the dead. And late at night when she goes to bed, she sleeps in a spider's web. Late at night when she goes to bed, sleeps in a spider's web. Oh, what she does. What she does to me is way too late when I realize she was in control. The first she had me hypnotized, then she stole my soul. She's a gothic girl, she's a gothic girl, and she stole my soul. I'll never be free, I'll never get the key. She's a gothic girl, she's a gothic girl She got me in her spell Sharp black hair on her head Black lipstick and a love for the dead Late at night when she goes to bed She'll be in a spider's web She sleeps in a spider's web Oh, what she does What she does to me how got you lost, I hardly tell. She had me in my dream. When I'm facing the streets of hell, tattooed over her bush. She's a gothic girl, she's a gothic girl. She turns my mind to bush. And I'll never find the key, I'll never ever be free. She's a gothic girl, she's a gothic girl. She got me in her spell. Sharp spike hair on her head Put lipstick a hug for the dead Late at night when she goes to bed She'll be in that spider's web She'll be in that spider's web She'll be in that spider's web Happy Halloween, John Rodonio. Thank you. <laughs> it's all the, the theme emerges, right? Dave, and just talking about the spider web or earlier when we were talking to uh, Betty Mackey and the, the web that she's, uh, you know, un, un, uh, unwound on the kind of the scandalous illegalities of uh, the city's new authority over Treasure Island and your Buena. And it's just that... Uh, that uh, Shakespeare quote, yeah, that right? Was, what oh, what a tangled web we weave yeah, exactly. when first we practice to deceive. Usually, it's totally under the under the radar under the radar for sure. 
But uh, uh, as she said, there's no other radio show that would, no other internet radio putting around the planet show that would have put this out there. Yeah, that would she, have had the time and the imagination to put that out there. Yeah, and, and I talked to her and I told her that I do women's magazine here uh, from 2 to 3, but also for KPFA. And she, she's been interviewed by KPFA already. So I'm glad to know that her voice is getting out there because it's a smart one and it's uh, very smart. loud and clear. It's a hi, this woman is highly intelligent. And we do have some intelligent people coming through here, uh, no doubt. And speaking of that, do my eyes deceive me? Oh. I, I was uh, not yet. We got, we got. Yeah. My, uh, hold on, that with uh, hold on. That I thought we were Richard, because we got right here. Our friend in Phenom, Ryan Casado. Right. Yeah, I was walking up, uh, walking up Valencia Street, uh, going, oh no, where will all these people come from? Then I heard a friendly voice, Diamond Dave, and I look, I said, Ryan, <laughs> and Ryan says, I'm back. And I said, well, come. And he said, I'll be there Friday. And he's here not with music so much this time, but Ryan's back from his travels. He goes down to the hot springs in uh, Arkansas, goes around. He's driving around the country. And in fact, uh, anyway, driving around the country. But he's back here now, and he says, I have some poetry. So, Ryan, so good to have you back. Thanks, Your sight for sore eyes and happy eyes. Take it away, brother. Thank you. Cool. I just wrote this one. I'm trying to jump out of your car window, your green Toyota Camry's car window, the car window that looks at zooming cars, the car window that leads to the pavement. I think I'm in the passenger seat, your cigarette burnt passenger seat, the passenger seat that's meant to cradle me, the passenger seat that I'm starting to despise. As I see the road moving beneath us, the road that's littered with plastic and dead animals, I'm aggressively trying to jump onto that road, to jump for freedom, to jump out, to jump because I'm getting so claustrophobic. Claustrophobic like life won't ever be comfortable. Claustrophobic like I can't escape. This tiny metal box. This tiny metal box that's moving 55 miles per hour. This tiny metal box that's making me mental that's making me think that the government is after me and I know I should be running by now, running because I need to hide, running because I know they are after me. And if I don't run quickly, they're going to find me and lock me away forever. God damn it, I shouldn't have smoked that entire joint to myself. <laughs> Thank you. So true. <laughs> All right. Ready for you got another one? Yeah. yeah. All right. Go for it. Cool. If I could see my book. Carl, I see you sitting behind that microphone, capped with red foam, smiling at the ballpark below you, smiling at the kids with their vanilla ice cream snacks and tiny blue helmets topped with whipped cream and rainbow sprinkles, smiling at the families ready to divulge into warm Fenway Franks on blue vintage Fenway seats, the paint scratching off, revealing the wood and the legacy of 1903, 1912, 1915, 1916, and 1918, and the long 84 years of sorrow, the idiots of 2004, the bloody sock, and the 2007 dream team. Carl, Carl I see your statue as I wait outside the gates, collared red shirt buttoned up with a big blue Boston Bee on your sleeve, your name neatly stitched above your heart. I see your gray hair as a story that staggers on long after your passing. I see your fingers short and stout banded with 2004 and 2007 championships that you always let me hold. I see your glasses framing your face, allowing your eyes to see the dirt kicking off the cleats of the runner you just introduced. I see you waving to me from the announcer's window as I sit in these bleachers. Carl, you were close to the floor, yet your voice could fill the entire park. 
Even if 37,000 fans were nowhere to be found on a cold October day, booming louder than the clank of the wooden bat on the cork ball, thundering louder than 33's punch to a Yankee eye, roaring louder than the cheers of Red Sox Nation after a come-from-behind win in the 11th inning, hats turned inside out and backwards, hope, echoing longer than a solo shot over the green monster that crashed to the pavement that is still rolling down the avenues. Carl, your voice, the voice of America's most beloved ballpark, your voice, my favorite narrator, your voice echoes as I sit in my tiny Fenway seat with my Fenway Frank weeping next to my sad mother. Now it is silent, but the ballpark doesn't have snow. Wowzy. Ryan, the whole other side of another side of Ryan, uh, Ryan Casale. Oh my goodness, you're a poet too. We have these two, is Maddie still here? Because you two fit together so well. Thank my you. My goodness, what she's doing and what you're doing. Do you got a third one there? Sure, I got one more. Okay, give us one more, away, brother? Cool, this one uh, is for my guitar teacher. I miss your guitar, the red Fender Strat look-alike that you plugged into a half stack. I miss you playing Crazy Train perfectly on that red guitar, right, er right after you offered me a glass of water. Your hair would drape over your face, your shirt was baggy over your skeleton frame. Drugs, right? Yeah, me too, but not yet. I was 12 when you taught me, when you asked me if this was going to be a hobby or a passion. A passion, of course. I knew it, but I was too shy to say it. I thought it might seem corny or pretentious to know my calling at 12, so I shrugged my little shoulders. You knew yours, though. At 12, you were giving front porch guitar lessons for a nickel. Sometimes you just know, right? I wonder if you ever look down and think, ah, I knew, it's his passion. Passion, definitely, for sure, forever, because of your thin hands gracing the fretboard, teaching me what love is. So cool. Thank you. Beautiful learn. tribute to to your teacher. I should say, love Thank to you. love Music to learn, teacher. learn to love, uh, never end. Hey and Ryan, so good to have you back. Yeah, and, and Ryan, what else are you up to these days? I know you came us. in to share poetry today, but uh, what's up in your world? Yeah, I was just in Hot Springs. I played at. Um, I also played at Little Rock Pride Festival. I was the first ever transgender performer that they ever had. And that was a, a really big honor to go down there and, and be a part of all of that. And in November, I'll be doing an East Coast tour. And I'm also going to Florida to record some um, hip hop music with my cousin. You're all over the place. It's so cool. Yeah. So glad you're back around here and could come down on a Friday. Thank you. As you see, each and every Friday we're still doing it, and we've always got a space uh, for you right here. So, Ryan, keep on coming. Bring people by. So good to see your, Thanks, your face, uh, brother. So cute. So real. So real. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. And Richard, here you be. And then we got James is here. He's going to do his chapter with, uh, he'll, be, he'll do a chapter with, uh, well, with uh, blood for blood flower, and then to take us out, is that right, Rainbow? I'm looking at you. You guys are going to take us out in a good way, so stick around. Is that okay, Rainbow? Hey. All right. So, 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 yeah, we got yeah, yeah. Richard, uh, then uh, James, uh, then Rainbow. For Ryan stuff. That oh, was, uh, so amazing. Hey, good stuff. Um, well, I'm going to read um, the King in his lair. The crawling King rests in his lair. Curled up in his by his up in his computer using his tail to type, he tires of internet play. Too much energy expended on useless information. 
The last story on Yahoo News is about people showing their butt cheeks. That just made Snake flick his tongue and roll in the floor with laughter. These two-legged seem to be progressing somewhere, but the king is not sure where. The king used to enjoy a good night out, going to cafe, wear his sunglasses, listening to a good night of poetry, prose, rants, uses his shaker to held in his tail to shake in approval. Now he finds poets replaced by tech heads talking shop. Their ability to carry on a normal conversation outside their tech world can get very strange. Poets show their age and are not being replaced by younger who can't live. Well, you know the story. Those who lived here left no, left no longer able to make it. They say goodbye to a place they love and more is lost. Another in a long line of dispossessings that began in 1492 with the attempted annihilation of the people. At the 50th celebration since that summer, will there be a death watch for poets and poetry in San Francisco? Or will it be like a Fellini movie, Satyricon, in Rome where poets and their poems sell out and are controlled by the rich? Poetry sold to the highest buyer. Control their soul that leads to the death of writing. In the end, it is not poetry or even good prose. Good, though good poetry and prose lives, who will listen? Usen's empire follows its ancestors' Rome by example. Wait long enough and you can kill the writer. The crawling kingsnake is concerned. Even the blues is under attack. Articles written that blues played today are no longer classified as blues, but pop, alternative. Some blues artists stop using the term blues. Life without the blues and poetry? Snake knows something needs to be done. The blues is the motherlode of one of the few good things that came out of the empire. This music can't die. It's the source. The king scratches his head, flicks his tongue, slithers back and forth. That's it. He'll begin the organized death watch starting before the next big celebration. Street theater that cries out the warning that this is near the end. Will these places and people who exercise their rights to ha speak have places to go and do so? Take the writers, poets, musicians, actors, and all in the arts to the streets and then ask once they see it, will they miss it when it dies? Crawlin knows they can't miss something that they don't know they have. As Crawlin Kingsake says, we are, my babies, at our crossroads. Crawling slips back into his lair to lay plans. Wow. At the crossroads, Robert Johnson. And I was thinking of John Lee Hooker, Lightning Hopkins, and all those guys of our generation who woke us up. And uh, yesterday, in fact, yesterday uh, we had it uh, at Burden Back Bookstore was, oh. was the guy who wrote the book about uh, Dylan at 50. Yeah, uh, Dylan Goes Electric, 50th anniversary. And I was there, and he called me up to tell some of those good old stories. When we were, we were, we were fascinated, we were open up. When the 60s were just starting, with six beginning, John Lee Hooker, Lightning Hopkins, I mentioned them all, and there we were, and there we are still going on. Hey, right, you know, all those Mighty voices. Mighty Common Thread. Brother yeah, Richards, hey. so good that you're here. Give us another, will you, brother? All right, Coyote considers devices. Coyote. Coyote sits in cafes sipping his green tea. Coyote hears green tea is good for everyone since he cleaned up from his previous ways. He watches the two-leggeds walk by his window seat going from here to there, always looking for something as they do. They look on their devices or stop and then look on their devices or stop and look around while they look, or look on their devices. 
devices must always be at the ready or in or in their hand always ready must be ready ready text ah oh, poor two-legged the worst thing for them is to have their devices taken from them left alone with themselves and their own thoughts is a terrifying is terrifying for most their withdrawals will be worse than heroin or cigarettes Coyote knows the lure. When cassettes and CD players came out, Coyote was right there taking his music with him wherever he went. He, 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 he could insulate. He, he could insulate. He had grown bored with and disgusted with the most conversation with the two-legged that he ever got involved in. He would rather listen to slack key, blues, Texas style, or for that matter, any style. Music calms him down where the two-legged have their way, have, had a way of unnerving him. He stopped listening to his CD player in public when he realized the two-legged had chained themselves to newer devices and would not be communicating with anybody in front of them. This is also the time when his old friends from the two-legged world succumbed. Even the crawling king had a laptop. Coyote knows he's at a crisis point. Will he join or not join? If he does, how will he use it? Will he become addicted as those who have joined in the device revolution? The device revolution or the divisive revolution? You can say either one, and I think they work, and I like that even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, thank you for coming and, and uh, poetically uh, And when I do mean about that uh, call to arms, I, I you know, uh, I think we, we're not, the artist community, I don't know how much, you know, because I'm not always involved as a lot of people are, and so that's why I'm, I'm making this call. Uh, we, we're going to have to do something. It's dying. And if, if we don't stand up and support each other and say, hey, and, and if we do that and it dies, well, then it probably needs to die here and it'll go somewhere else. <laughs> and that's where we'll have to go. And that's just the way it'll be, I guess. But uh, I am uh, I think we are at those crosswords. And, you know, that makes me think of, you know, how you get when you're when you're very young, you get some information that just kind of like blows your mind and, and it always you always like think about it. It makes what you're saying there is like, where will it go? Um, it always makes me think about, you know, how they say that all sound is carried. And so things that are that are that are heard here are carried like out into outer space. And I don't know for I guess maybe that's part of why I enjoy being in radio. But, um, you know, it's it's doing something. It's the energy that is shared and wherever it may land or touch upon we we may not know well i'll put out the call and there we are because as, as my hope. brother and sister here in the studio have put out the call themselves every day they're here thank you richard sanderell richard it's always so good to have you here and, and up next at the mic, we've got James Conrad, who's going to be reading another episode from his novel, Zordo Cleans House, and uh, Blood Flowers over there at the piano. So, gentlemen, take it away. Hello, folks. This is James Conrad, and I've got Blood Flower here at the piano. Um, and uh, so, though, for those of you who've been following the story, especially those of you out in Internet land who are listening right now, and those of you who may download later on, uh, Zurdo has uh, just come out of prison. But as with everything good in life, there's always a catch, as we will see in episode 42 of Zurdo Clean's House. Ramon, true to his word, gave Zurdo a job in his landscaping business and a room in the family home for which he took over the payments after their mother died. 
For the next few weeks, when Zurdo was not hard at work, he visited with Father Leon and his brothers and sisters as much as he could. During his time alone, he would read or practice his karate. However, no matter how much effort Zurdo put toward keeping his time occupied and his mind distracted from his checkered past, there would still be nights where he was jolted awake by terrifying dreams of Joyce's murder or his run-in with Kurt Irons. Worse yet, the ache in his side began to become more intense every day, and on occasion he found himself in the grip of persistent and nefarious indigestion that would leave him stuck in bed for up to two days at a time. One day, at the end of April, Zurdo went to work even though he'd been feeling somewhat unwell since he awoke. That afternoon, as he was carrying a bag of fertilizer from his pickup truck, he was struck by a, pain, a stabbing pain in his middle that brought him to his knees. As he let the bag of fertilizer sag and slide out of his hands, his brother Ramon rushed over to see him. Zurdo, are you all right? he asked as he stooped down to Zordo's eye level as Zordo clutched his stomach, whimpering with pain, face contorted with utter discomfort. He lifted his head to look his brother in the eye, then turned his head to one side and vomited. You don't look so good, man, said Ramon, his voice quivering with worry as he noticed that the retinas of Zordo's eyes had turned banana yellow. We gotta get you to a doctor. Thank you very much, folks. Uh, I was James, I'm James Conrad, and I, re I will remain James Conrad, and this is Bloodflower. This was episode 42 of Zerto Cleans House. Tune in next week, same mutiny channel, same mutiny time frame, same mutiny Friday for episode 43 of Zerto Cleans House. Very give nice. It up for, uh, give it up for Bloodflower. Bloodflower. Bringing in the, the soundtrack, the ambiance, the score, scoring it. Um, I give you guys a 10. Um, thanks, James Conrad, and thanks, Bloodflower, for uh, putting, the, putting that performance together. Um, episode 42. So next week, episode 43 from Zordo Clean's House. It is a book you can purchase on Amazon. Um, check it out. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Um, happy to be here. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective on Mutiny Radio FM here in the beautiful city of San Francisco. Uh, streaming live around the planet on Mutiny Radio FM, and of course, will be come in archived podcast right after the show so um thanks for listening thanks everybody for being a part of this uh ex weekly experiment and exchange that that we that we that we do we put on a show so while uh, our next performers get set up i'm going to play a song uh because uh as rain who called in earlier she's going to be doing a poem before uh, a rage against the machine cover band show tonight but in missoula montana um i i I I just want to play some rage. Peace. Maybe. Maybe it'll play. You know, this is live radio. We're never quite sure what's going to happen if anything. Here we go.
Yeah, testify, put out the word. That's what we're here for at Mutiny Radio. Certainly here for, at the Common Third Collective. Free speech, everybody, and lots of love. So up at the microphone next, we got Rainbow and Drift to give us a couple of tunes. Okay, yeah, this is called If the Bomb Come. There's a sweet girl Somewhere's in the world But don't you ever be is a festival Just take a look at the skin That you're living in I thought that you might
Wow. Thank you. I want to go off on a good note, and Thanksgiving's coming up, man. So, like, this song is uh, called the Sea Fang Song or the Mighty Big Ocean, and it's all about gratitude. It's a mighty big ocean, a mighty big sea, and the wind is crying as the waves are rolling in. Beautiful rainbow and drift. Thanks so much for coming through and being a part of this. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for having us. It's such a great honor to be here. God bless you all. Lots of love. Well, Lots of love. Greater than the supplements parts. Once a week, each and every Friday. People always welcome to come back. People are welcome to bring up. People yeah. rather keep on expanding because it's once and once a week, each and every Friday, three to six. Yeah, and we're honored with with everyone's presence. Oh yeah. This is what brings. This is what makes the common thread. 
We have that mag magical formula to, to which is bringing it together, which is being aware of what's going on, which is be uh, being a, a place for free, for for, uh, for 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 an open mic, for an open heart, for an open words, for an open life, for to be open and say to be continued. Hey Val, yeah, let's uh, wrap it up. Okay. I'm gonna read a poem by uh, by Rumi. Can you move your mic closer to your I'm mouth? I'm gonna read a poem by Rumi, and I believe you have something too. And we're gonna thank everybody for coming. People are talking together. People are connecting together. That's what's about doing more together than we can do on our own. Than we can do on our own. Than we can do on our own. Notice how each particle moves. Notice of everyone, how everyone has just arrived here from a journey. Notice how he wants to, each wants a different food. Notice how the stars vanish as the stars come up and all streams stream towards the ocean. Look at the chefs preparing special plates for everyone according to what they need. Look at this cup that can hold the oceans. Look at those who have seen the face. Look, uh, look through Sham's eyes. Enter the, into the water that is entirely jewels. And as Rumi has it, and as we show it, living it, there are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Val, so good to have you here. So good to have another show out there, out there. The podcast starts, let people know. As soon as the show is over, the podcast begins. And here we be to we continue. And Val, I think next week is our last Friday before Election Day. True. And so let's uh, let's do some summing up. Let's bring some of the people through. Let's do let's it. Let's do some, some, which they call GOTV. Get out the vote. Get out hey, the vote. Hey, brothers and sisters, and pay attention to what's happening in San Francisco, because it will be happening soon in your city, in your neighborhood, in your in your country, not so far away. We'll be streaming around. Take it away, Val. Thanks for being here. Thanks, everybody, for coming through. Thanks, Dave. So here's a poem I wrote, and I think it's on theme, because as we, as we know around here on the Common Thread Collective, the theme emerges. And again, thanks for listening and being a part of the Common Thread Collective. We're here every Friday at Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets. That's uh, 2781 21st Street um, at the corner of Florida here in the Mission District of San Francisco, my hometown. And we hope to see you here some Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Here we go. The sheer weight of fear in the dark hours of disempowerment is the shallow haunt of vested authority and mismanagement. Ill treatment and deeds that strip away at our liberties are designed to entice retreat. But the spirit of the people will not be defeated. And the prayer in the city of St. Francis of Assisi says, where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. Never mind all or nothing, the days are forever changing, and the wider our breadth of understanding, the shared genes that we feel in our hands shaking. Peace, everybody, wherever you may be, and uh, keep up the good work and keep up the good intentions. Get brighter. 
Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm gonna guess waffles. Yo, that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm.
the House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon, on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold, balanced sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB- KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 through 4 p.m. Miren, miren! Es un pájaro? Es un avión? No! It's a chipmunk! Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Classroom Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.mutinyradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience-friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. 
Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. 
Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Yes, Danny Dan, shout out to you. He has the new Asian Man 2016 calendar. Check it out, folks, at www.asnmen.com. A-S-N-Men.com. It's hot. Welcome back to the House of Pride show, SJ. It's good to be back. Now, you are on an odyssey. I mean, the last time you were here, we were bidding you farewell. The Salvadorian Assassins. Yes, you were. And I, I did mention I did end up choking out my publisher, right? We went all through that, right, yeah. your publisher, and you were kind of dodging some um, obsessive crazy exes and a, few, and a, a knife few. here and there. And That's part of the reason why, you know, I went to New York briefly, and already Chicago's starting to look really good. Is New York sort of like at the mother womb where you go and regenerate yourself? I mean, that would be more San Francisco because, you know, like as soon as I got here, I just, somebody had me a joint, looked out over the Pacific Ocean had a uh, anchor steam and had I mean what what could possibly be better than that that is uh yes that's euphoria indeed indeed um New York is that where the folks and relatives are located yeah I, mean, I had to go back there for a funeral oh I'm sorry and uh, that was sad and then I stopped being sad because you know the grieving process grieving process yeah so I ended up, uh, you know, just doing like odd jobs and whatnot, shopping the play around. What, uh, my novels. Uh, uh, what still. odd jobs did you have in New York City? Uh, I did some painting, painting walls. I did limpieza, which means I did a spiritual cleansing. I knocked down a wall, a few walls actually, and actually all I had was a hammer and a box cutter. I'm not sure how I did that. And did you work for a company or did you just go to some place? that you felt needed a knocking down of? It was a little bit of both. I mean, probably you should ask too many questions about that. Probably you know, this is a radio this. show, and my name is Tweeka Turner, and um, you know how I am. You know how I roll. That's right, I'm questions. i be asking questions on the radio That's show. That's right, you're always asking these questions. I mean, why don't we ever learn more about you? You can ask me anything you want, but I'm interviewing you, honey. How about if I interview you? I just, I've been on this show That's another times. show. That's, another, That's I, another show. I have a lot of questions for you because you were gone for like a few months. And I'm, I had images of you in my mind, you know, living it up in New York City. I was living it up. I mean, I had a really, really not swank, but livable place over on Avenue C and 7th Street. Did you live with relatives, or did you rent your own place, or how, how did No, it? I mean, long story, but, uh, well, it's not that long of a story. <laughs> I went there for the funeral. The oh. guy who died, I ended up staying in his apartment. Oh. Yeah. Did I think you mentioned, th this was a friend. Yeah, this was a friend. That's right. Um, um, untimely. Indeed, untimely. He committed suicide. That's right. I'm so sorry and about If anyone that. out there is feeling, you know, even mildly depressed, I mean, just... Really think about it, examine things from a detached way, and don't forget that people do care about you, even though it might not seem that way, but there are people that care about you. And that's a PSA. I mean, the safe sex one we laughed about, but we're not 